Welcome to Harvard Business Review for May 2008. In this issue, you'll hear how online gaming skills can help make better leaders. You'll learn how the big drug companies are trying to revamp research and development. And you'll find out how to temper your emotions and make better decisions. Plus, you'll hear executive summaries of other articles. We begin, though, with Working in the Gray Zone by Michelle Antibi. Using company resources to work on personal projects, especially on company time, is a no-no for employees in most organizations. But supervisors often operate in what I call a gray zone, turning a blind eye to such officially forbidden behavior. They realize that stamping it out may do more harm than good because many employees have a deep-seated need to engage in it. My three-year study of an aeronautic manufacturing plant with 4,000 workers gave me insight into why gray zones persist in work settings. Employees produced personal artifacts such as kitchen utensils, toys for their kids, and window frames using company time and materials. Managers overlooked all this because they could count on people when official work needed to be cranked out. Consider the similar case of a competent, productive junior editor at a newspaper who works on her novel at the office. Despite company policies prohibiting this, her boss winks at the habit. By tolerating the editor's behavior, the supervisor holds on to a loyal, self-motivated, and engaged worker. Why do otherwise good employees have the urge to break the rules in the first place? My study revealed that they need to enact their occupational identities. An occupational identity is the self-image that a person trained in a specific vocation develops as a member of that profession. The expected behaviors of the occupation become deeply embedded in the individual's identity, which is quite separate from that person's job or title. A job may be just a job. What really matters is how fellow occupational members would assess one's professional standing. The junior editor works on her novel on company time since doing so allows her to be a writer in the eyes of her literary peers. Many senior executives have trouble understanding the need for an occupational identity and thus take a dim view of gray zones, perhaps because they themselves may lack one. As Harvard Business School professor Rakesh Karana has noted, managers often see themselves as pursuing individual challenges. Especially when they are brought into an organization from the outside, they aren't attuned to employees' occupational identities. The head of a fashion house, for instance, may not be a designer and so may underestimate the designer's need to be recognized by his peers. Instead of perceiving gray zones as a cause for alarm, top executives...